politics, power, and the people. From Washington, D.C., this is The Week on the Hill. I want to thank Congress, Democrats and Republicans, for acting so quickly. I know this was a tough vote for members of both parties. It was a tough for me, but it was the right thing to do at the moment. President Biden speaking Friday at the White House, where he signed into law the legislation swiftly passed by Congress to avert a nationwide rail strike that could have crippled the economy right before the holidays. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and the issue of the rail strike was dropped on Congress on top of myriad other issues they need to address in the coming weeks before the lame duck session ends. While the congressional intervention wasn't unprecedented, it is rare. Congress passed emergency legislation to end a rail strike 30 years ago. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was among the many who issued warnings if Congress failed to act in this instance. The consequences of inaction would be severe. Unsafe drinking water, unusable gasoline, shuttered power plants, and a crippling shutdown of passenger rail across the country. In that scenario, nobody wins everybody loses. The legislation passed easily in the Senate after passing the House, but some Democrats are unhappy that it didn't include seven days of paid sick leave for rail workers, which had been sought by Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. Workers who do difficult and dangerous work have zero paid sick days. Zero. You get sick, you got a mark against you, couple of bucks, you get fired. Still, rail workers will get a 24% pay raise over five years and more flexibility to deal with doctor's appointments. On another matter, Republican senators want the Biden administration to show some flexibility with the COVID vaccination policy of the U.S. military. GOP lawmakers are threatening to hold up a major defense policy bill if the vaccination requirement for military men and women isn't lifted. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. The problem here is that we're having a dilemma we haven't had in decades, and that's finding enough people to serve in the military. Our recruiting goals are way short. The conflicts in the world are getting worse, not better. We need more people in the military, not less. And uh, this mandate is going to result in thousands, tens of thousands, of uh, able-bodied Americans who are well-trained leaving the military because they chose not to get vaccinated. The Pentagon says the vaccine requirement is a readiness issue. The National Defense Authorization Act, which the House will start to take up in the coming week, is a rare budgetary item that Congress always passes in a timely manner. It's been passed for six decades in a row before the end of the year. That's in sharp contrast to the annual budget, which virtually never gets passed on time, and this year is no exception. The federal government is scheduled to run out of money on December 16th. Lawmakers will need to either pass an omnibus bill to carry the government through the fiscal year until next October, or a short-term spending bill that they often fall back on. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell would like an omnibus measure passed, but conservative members in the House, anticipating their return to power in the lower chamber in January, want a short-term measure. They hope that will help them rein in spending that they believe has gone too high during the Biden administration, adding to inflation. I spoke about what's ahead in the next few weeks with Virginia Senator Tim Kaine, a Democrat who sits on the Senate Armed Services Committee. Mitchell, I think we're going to get an omnibus. If you said, hey, you know, how much are you going to put down and bet that you're going to get it on December 16th? I would maybe put 50 cents down or 75 cents. I think there's some likelihood we could be going into the 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd. I will say this is the first year in 10 years in the Senate where I've made no Christmas plans because it seemed to me likely a few months ago that if one or both houses flipped control, 
that we might be here through late December trying to get everything done. But, but we shouldn't do a CR into next year. We need to get the omnibus done. It's got so many good priorities for Virginia in economic development, in infrastructure and spending. We just had a significant meeting with members of America's Jewish community, and they were talking about support for Israel that's in this defense budget. There's a number of priorities for Virginia in the military construction side that are very positive, and we don't want to lose those. And if we don't get an omnibus done and we go to a CR instead, all of those new priorities that are funded here are all in jeopardy come January 1. There's a second issue in the Senate that is kind of a human issue, but it's an important one, which is the two appropriations committee leaders, Senator Shelby and Leahy, are retiring at the end of the year. And um, they've done really hard and important work over the course of their careers. And even to honor them, I feel a sympathetic desire. Let's get this thing done and let's name it after them. So will we do it by the 16th or will it go into the weekend for a couple of days? It's possible. We're not gonna shut government down. I got a bill passed a few years ago that guarantees everybody gets paid even if there's a shutdown. And once you're gonna pay workers, why would you shut government down and tell them that they couldn't come into work? We're not gonna shut government down, but the real issue is will we get the omnibus or will it be a CR punted into next year? I still strongly believe we'll get an omnibus budget deal. Still, there are a lot of changing dynamics. The House's top Republican, Kevin McCarthy, is trying to shore up support with the conservative wing of the GOP so he can be elected House Speaker in January. The party's House Freedom Caucus has made it clear they don't want huge aid packages being approved to assist Ukraine. President Biden is seeking nearly $40 billion for Ukraine to be approved before the end of the year. But McCarthy, reflecting the concerns of his conference, said outside the White House this week his party will remain skeptical of additional spending requests. Now they want to come back and ask for more. I want to make sure we're successful at this, but I want to make sure that no matter what we spend on come January 3rd, be it any funding, that there is no blank check that there's accountability and there's audits. As for House Democrats, they've literally made a generational change in leadership. New York Congressman Hakeem Jeffries has been elected as the party's top Democrat to succeed House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. He's the first black lawmaker to become the leader of either party in Congress. And with Democrats losing fewer seats than expected in the midterms, he's vowing to carry on the legacy of the longtime leaders stepping back. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, and Majority Whip Jim Clyburn. We stand on their collective broad shoulders, building upon the incredible work that they've done, excited about the opportunities to advance the ball for everyday Americans as we move forward into our future. The immediate future has plenty of challenges ahead, and that's just to get through the next few weeks and the end of the year. Then a divided Congress with Republicans in control of the House and Democrats still holding power in the Senate will present a new round of political challenges in the new year. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and this is The Week on the Hill. 